Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Health and fitness trackers like Fitbit and Apple Watch have become so mainstream that about one in five Americans now wear one. These devices and others let you keep tabs on your sleep, what you eat, and how much you move. Now, a new type of health tracker is emerging that lets you measure how your diet, stress, sleep, and exercise affect your blood sugar levels. Here to tell us about this device is Kara Collier, the Director of Nutrition at NutriSense. Welcome to the NutriCast, Kara. Thanks so much for having me, Danielle. So before we get into it, I mean, tell me what is NutriSense and how it works. Yeah, so at NutriSense, our primary objective is to help anybody on the spectrum of metabolic health. So we can define what that means, but metabolic health can either be a super healthy insulin sensitive person, or on the other end of the spectrum would be, you know, a type two diabetic with multiple chronic conditions. So anywhere where you're at on that spectrum, we want to help you to optimize your nutrition, exercise, stress, and sleep to improve your metabolic health. So how we're accomplishing that is using these continuous glucose monitors plus human expertise to drive these appropriate and personalized behavior change. So these continuous glucose monitors are a device that you can wear on the back of your arm. And for 14 days straight, you're going to see 24 seven glucose data from your own body. So this is an extremely meaningful metric that's coming from your body and not somebody else's that can drive your decisions on personalized nutrition and those other facets of health like exercise and stress. And in addition at NutriSense to having these continuous glucose monitors and our app that tracks the data and helps you interpret it and see how the different factors in your life are influencing your glucose data, we also include free dietitian support with each of our programs. So that is the human expertise component of our company. And so we pair every new user, every new customer with a one-on-one trained dietitian who is an expert in metabolic health and can help to interpret your glucose data for you, help you to optimize it and help you to reach your health goals. So we really believe in that combination of meaningful data and human expertise to drive behavior change. I was just going to ask, you know, there's so many CGMs on the market. How does NutriSense stand out? But you just mentioned that you've got those registered dietitians on hand. And full disclosure, you guys sent me one of these devices and I was able to try it out for a couple of weeks. And uh, my RD was Carly and she was very helpful. You know, I'm not a diabetic or anything like that, but it was nice to kind of see what different foods, how they affected me. Mm -hmm. And so I'd get various messages from time to time. Hey, Danielle, it looks like you had a spike. Uh, It went up to 144 on the fifth. What were you eating? And so that was helpful because it kind of gave me a sense of what to expect when I eat certain foods and how to control that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're the only company in this space that's actually including humans in the process. And we believe that that's so crucial and really the customer can use it however it best fits their needs. So someone who's relatively healthy and knowledgeable might just have a couple questions here and there about interpreting the data as it is nuanced, you know, our bodies are complicated. It's not just I eat carbs and my glucose goes up. There's a lot of different potential factors that can influence our glucose levels. 
where somebody else, you know, maybe they have a lot of progress to make or a lot of goals to work on and they need more daily interaction with the dietitian. So they're really there to meet you where you're at and help you achieve whatever your unique goal is. And there's also some experiments that she told me about that, you know, I never thought about it, but those were kind of fun to try on as well. Yeah. So if you're relatively healthy and your goal is just to learn about yourself, then they can help prompt ideas of different things you can try. So maybe, you know, it's, it's trying to that same meal after a workout or before a workout to see how that differs or changing your meal timing around or experimenting with different types of carbohydrates. So there's a lot of things that somebody might not think of that they could learn a lot about themselves. And we all have different unique responses in our glucose values. That's one of the most interesting things about measuring this is there is no one size fits all, you know, we are all very different. How I'm going to respond to a banana is going to be totally different than how you respond. You know, we're a, a compilation of genetics and epigenetics and microbiome. And because of that, we just have different glucose responses to the same exact food. So they're also there to help you kind of think of these different things to try out so you can learn as much as possible and, and take advantage of the data while you have it. What is the relationship between blood glucose levels and health? Yeah, so it is, there's a lot of different things that your blood glucose levels can tell you. But if we look at kind of a big picture view, I always describe glucose as direct window into your metabolism and metabolic health. So if we think about what is metabolism, I describe it as sort of our cellular engine. So just like a car has an engine that drives every process it does, we have a cellular engine composed of different organs, hormones, enzymes that work together to process and utilize all the energy that we're feeding it. And this is our metabolism. And the primary fuel that we put into this metabolic engine is glucose. So it's not the only fuel we can, of course, use energy from free fatty acids that we break down from fat and also from ketones, but glucose is our body's preferred energy source. And whether you're eating carbohydrates or not, there's always going to be some glucose in our bloodstream at all times. If we're really simplifying, like what blood glucose can mean in health is it's giving us an idea of our metabolic health. So we only have about a teaspoon of glucose in our bloodstream at all times. And when we deviate from that tight amount, it shows us if our body is kind of struggling to get glucose back into control, or if there's some sort of deviation, just like a vital sign, just like heart rate or body temperature tells you a lot of what's going on, depending on the circumstance, you know, is my glucose high, even though I'm fasting and just worked out is it high, even though I only just ate 15 grams of carbohydrates. So it's going to move in response to our daily activities, and it can give us insight into how that metabolic engine is running. And that's really the primary goal. So at the root of good metabolic health is prevention of the most common chronic conditions. So metabolic dysfunction is the root. So insulin resistance is what we're more familiar with is the root cause for a lot of our most common chronic conditions. Of course, everyone thinks of diabetes when they think of glucose, but it doesn't just stop there. Also cardiovascular disease, neurodegenerative diseases. There's a lot of different, very common chronic conditions that have metabolic dysfunction and glucose dysregulation involved in the pathology. 
And so by being able to see what's going on, we can prevent some of these abnormalities and help prevent any problems that might come with metabolic dysfunction. What do these big sugar swings mean? You know, when we see a big spike, is that a bad thing? Yeah. So when we're looking at what are optimal glucose values, there's a few different metrics that we're thinking about, but when we're in the fed state, so let's say you just ate a meal and you have a continuous shape to your glucose response afterwards, it doesn't have to be completely flat. You know, a lot of people think I have to have a flat glucose line all day. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's any better than some increase, but we want a increase that's within normal ranges. So what we're looking at is how high did the glucose go? Like what is the absolute value? We want to stay below 140 most of the time. And again, this is about repetition. If you have a glucose spike above 140 once a month, that's not a big deal. But if every single day your go-to breakfast is giving you a spike of 155, we definitely want to tweak that meal because we're really revving that engine to deal with that glucose load. So we want to look at how high it went, but we also want to look how quickly it was able to return back to normal and what is considered kind of the area under the curve of that response. So we have metrics in our app that help to capture those data points, but that's essentially telling us how well was your body able to recover? You know, maybe I had a candy bar and I had a glucose spike. Of course, you know, we expect your glucose to go up if you had a candy bar but was I able to come back down fairly quickly and able to stabilize my glucose values a lot? That tells me a lot about somebody's state of their metabolic health. Whereas if you had a glucose spike from that candy bar, but it stayed elevated for four hours and it took a long time to come back down to normal, that tells me a lot about how your body's able to process a glucose challenge, so to speak. Okay. And so things like that could be linked to perhaps heart disease or chronic inflammation. Yep, exactly. Okay. And so when you're sort of looking at this monitor and you can see some of these things, how accurate is it when you're trying to predict possible conditions that come out of this? Yeah, it's a great question because we, we do not recommend diagnosing something like diabetes based off of the values and um, neither does the manufacturers who produce these devices. So accuracy in general what they use to determine accuracy is a acronym called MARD. So that is, stands for uh, mean absolute relative difference. So how close is the absolute value on the CGM to what you would get at a blood draw? So you go to your doctor, they draw some blood, send it to a lab. That is considered a gold standard for the absolute value. Um, and so the CGMs are on average about 9% deviation from what you would get at a lab at a blood draw, but they can be up to 20%. And this is the same with glucose meters. So this is something I think is important for people to know. A lot of people have you know, a glucometer, a finger prick device at home, and these also have variability within the same ranges. So when it comes to looking at the absolute number, it could be off slightly, but precision on the CGMs is very high um, within a couple percentages. So your glucose might shift from 90 to 120, and maybe the absolute value is off by 10 points, but the shift from 90 to 120, which is 30 points is going to be very precise. So okay. we want to use this for trends. So we want to see how much did your glucose fluctuate after that meal is the difference between, you know, your overnight values today and yesterday might be 20 points different. 
the absolute value is less important than knowing that today your glucose is 20 points higher than it was yesterday. You know, what did we do in between those two days? We do offer the ability to manually calibrate our sensors in our app. This isn't something that's an ability for most of the CGMs. So if you just got a recent blood draw and you know your absolute value, you can adjust it so it's very exact. But we recommend using it for trends, which tells you a lot of information still about how you're responding to different you know, meals and exercise routines and stress responses. Mm -hmm. And that has to be helpful, I imagine, if you're going to the doctor, speaking with a pharmacist, sitting down with your nutritionist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. I know you mentioned, you know, obviously if you eat sweet things, it might show some spikes. What about certain ingredients, dietary supplements, certain vitamins? Do those show any type of spikes or variation in the numbers? Yeah. So supplements is an interesting question. There's more so on the other end of the spectrum where there are a few supplements that can certainly lower glucose values rather than give it a spike. When it comes to causing a spike, vitamin C is the major one to be concerned of. And this is not actually causing a glucose spike in your glucose values, but it's causing a fake spike or an artificial spike in both the CGMs and the glucose meter devices. So it's interfering with kind of that enzymatic reaction that's happening in the hardware. So sometimes people will get, you know, take a large dose of vitamin C and see a big glucose spike, but that's nothing to actually be concerned of. And when it comes to, it's not exactly a supplement, but there's a lot of synthetic fibers, like non-natural fibers that are put in like keto product. You know, maybe it says there's one gram of net carbs, and it's keto friendly. And then somebody has a glucose spike of 50 points to it. We see that kind of stuff all the time, unfortunately. So it's just something to be cognizant of if, if you are following a ketogenic diet and you're eating a lot of these products that it might not be as keto as, as a truly one gram net carb from like a whole food type of situation. Okay. So people will find out very quickly about their keto products if they're using your CGM. (laughs) Test anything, any type of product you like to consume that you might be curious about. If you have a CGM on, it's a good time to really see if it actually is keto or not. Okay. So obviously this is helpful for diabetic consumers, but what about non-diabetic consumers, some of your customers? I mean, is there Mm -hmm. enough research that looks into whether CGMs can improve health of people without diabetes before they become more adopted by the masses, you think? Yeah, certainly. So there is a good amount of research using non-diabetics who are wearing a CGM and how it can really capture abnormal glucose values before they show up on traditional lab metrics. So traditionally we're looking at a fasting glucose value on a lab and a hemoglobin A1C, which is kind of your average glucose over the last three months. And what we're seeing often is that we'll see deviations in your CGM data when we get that 24 hour snapshot that is indicative of potential insulin resistance or prediabetes that isn't necessarily caught on those traditional labs. So, you know, having a glucose spike up to 200 or taking five hours to return back down to normal after a small amount of whole food carbohydrates, all of those things would be a little bit of a red flag that maybe there's some problems going on. And that's actually the best time to catch it. You know, it's so much easier to catch these early warning signs than to completely reverse diabetes, not that it's not possible or that I don't want people to think that that's hopeless, but the earlier you can catch potential problems, the better. So it's a great 
tool for prevention and for capturing these different nuances. And it's also a great tool to kind of figure out how you uniquely respond to different foods. As we were kind of talking about earlier, there's a huge concept of personalized nutrition. You know, there's no one size fits all to diet and we're all going to have unique responses. And if you can tailor your day-to-day -day routine and your most common foods you're eating to something that you respond best to, again, that's going to be really good for long-term prevention and wellness. Yeah. And you mentioned personalized nutrition. What does this device mean to the area of personalized nutrition? Yeah. So this is a topic that is really kind of blowing up right now because we're, we're realizing how unique we are. And I think that's part of the reason, one of many different reasons that there's so much debate over what is the optimal approach to nutrition. You know, is it keto? Is it plant-based? Is it low carb, high carb? There's all these different camps that are fighting over what's the best nutrition. And really what we're learning is that it, it depends, you know, it depends on how you uniquely respond. And that's part of the reason that this research is so muddied on these different types of dietary approaches. So this is one way to get that personalized insight and see actually what works best for you. And I think we're just at the cusp of discovering why there's so much personalization. So I kind of mentioned genetics, epigenetics, and microbiome are three factors we know are playing a role that cause this, but we're probably only going to uncover more and more information into those categories, but also probably new categories on why it varies so much person to person. So we're really at the forefront of that right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are just at the tip of the iceberg yeah. when it comes to discovering the capabilities of all this. And you, you mentioned so many great benefits, you know, how this is a preventative measure really. And it makes you wonder why things like this are not covered by health insurance. Is that something that you think could be a possibility down the road? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we hope so. One of my co-founders comes from kind of the, the health insurance world, knows this very well. We're changing more and more towards this where we are seeing a little bit more incentivization for prevention focus. Historically, prevention hasn't been the primary focus for many reasons, but one being, you know, if you're with me as an insurance company, you have my insurance for these five years and I'm helping you with prevention, but you're in your thirties and then you switch to a different job and have a different health insurance, you know, whoever's fronting the money for prevention isn't necessarily getting the benefit down the road uh, um, from okay. the insurance company, but there's insurance companies and practices that are moving towards this. And I think once it's kind of the standard for one or two big ones, then everyone's going to follow. And that is what we're seeing happen a little bit. So I always tend to be a glass half full type of person. So I'm very hopeful that this is the way we're moving. But right now, you know, unfortunately, it's, we're not covered by health insurance. If you have type one or type two diabetes, you can definitely get a CGM covered by your insurance. So I highly recommend that anybody who has those diagnoses get a CGM and get it covered. You know, it should be on every single diabetic out there, but I also believe every non-diabetic would also benefit at least having it for a little bit of time to learn those kind of key insights, but it might be a little bit longer until there's potential coverage there. We are covered by HSA and FSA accounts. So that's a little bit more flexible as the name alludes to, but if somebody has that type of kind of insurance account, they can use that towards our product. 
Okay. All good to know. And fingers crossed that, you know, we keep moving in that direction uh, sooner than later. Agreed. And before I let you go, what is next for NutriSense? Are there any updates, projects in the works, things you can tell us about? Yeah. So without saying any specifics that we can't release at this time, you know, our primary focus right now is kind of twofold. One is to add more automatic insights into the glucose monitoring. So being able to have additional metrics and automated suggestions. So being able to essentially correlate two different values. You know, if I'm logging my stress every day, it's going to give me a very exact trend of how much that's impacting your glucose levels. So that's something we are actively working on right now. And the other thing that's really a big focus of ours is to be able to integrate more fully other data points besides just glucose. So we really want to be a data-driven, personalized nutrition company and not just a CGM company. So right now we integrate with things like your Apple Watch or your Aura Ring, and we want to have better integration with those important other wearables. So all your data is housed in one place and you can kind of organize it there and make sense of it in one place rather than having all these disconnected devices that are really actually should work in partnership with each other. So those are our biggest focus in the short term. Okay. And and when do you think you're going to be able to achieve those goals? Is there a a timeline in mind? Yeah, those are definitely our, our 2021 goals. Okay. Well, you've got your hands full this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kiari Collier, the director of nutrition at NutriSense. Thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today. Thanks for having me. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.